Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirstie. And I'm Kelsey. It's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who are really fucking tired. We've never been tired. Ever. Never. There's no such thing as tired. Nope. You can sleep when you're dead. (laughs) My beer is called awake, so I'm channeling that energy. Yeah, you're so awake. So awake. My beer is not. So that's the energy I'm channeling (laughs) today. Oh, boy. Y'all, we're sorry in advance. This is a grab bag. We're tired. (laughs) But we're here. And... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we're here. Um, Okay, so here's what we're going to do. It's going to be buck wild. Yeah. Kelsey discovered something on the TV one day. (laughs) That was a major throwback. Yeah. Let's not call, I wouldn't call it a discovery, like I wasn't uncovering the new greatest thing on television, but a, a, no, it was a more revisiting. No, like an archaeologist. Yeah. Like, you know, someone's at a construction site building an apartment building or some shit. Yeah. And they come across, like, a weird artifact, and then they have to, like, stop everything. Right. And they're That's like, kind of what we did. What is this high-end finish? It's like, oh. What is this strange, <laughs> strange high-end finish from days gone by? <laughs> yes the high-end finishes of yore yes um so that high-end finish is none other than the rom-com sweet home alabama (laughs) yes and And we're gonna talk about that because i made a bold claim sure did and then um we're gonna talk about something different which is the living rooms of television Sitcom specifically, but I think you're... Well, I, I think that's implied. I don't know. That that quiz you sent me was not sitcom specific. It was almost entirely sitcoms. Is Mad Men a sitcom? Well, they snuck that one in there. <laughs> there were several. I said almost There entirely. were several oh that I had qualms with. Goodness. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. <laughs> I specifically <laughs> defined the topic at hand, Kirsty. I had Kelsey, parameters. going to talk about it. <laughs> we'll get there. I we'll guess, get there somehow. I don't know that. In theory. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to start with Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> Which is a movie that was made in... 2002 or 3? Hold on. You made a joke about it being 1999, and I was terrified for the longest time. It was wrong, but it wasn't that wrong. I looked it up. 2002. Yeah. I was like, there's no fucking way this came out in 99, because I was watching this shit in real time. Yes. And those, However. Three those, years mattered. Those chokers were peak 1999. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the early aughts were basically just the late 90s. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the early aughts were just plastic chokers. <laughs> <laughs> also correct. That too. Also correct. That is also true. God. So this is a movie with Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Was this prior to... To Legally Blonde? No, it was after that. It was after. Okay, that's what I thought. hmm And she plays a high-power fashion designer mm-hmm. in New York City who is engaged to the son of the mayor of New York City. hmm It's casual. She's more high-power. She is more high-power than him somehow. And in order to marry him, she has to go back to her podunk hometown in Alabama to divorce her childhood ex-husband. <laughs> to, to clarify that, <laughs> she was not a child bride. <laughs> I mean, she was like 19. Fair. So just barely. 
Is your husband your childhood husband? (laughs) I mean, he might be. (laughs) My childhood husband. (laughs) You did this. Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, um, they basically just, like, make fun of the South. Yeah. For a while. A good long while. And also somehow the North, like, it's, they somehow managed to make fun of a lot (laughs) of people. Like, this movie's got the range. Yeah. So, the bold claim that I referenced. The boldest claim. The boldest claim of all. Is that I watched the fuck out of this movie in its time. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I actually owned it on VHS. Yeah. And I have made the statement that this may be the one rom-com that I, like, ever liked. Like, legitimately, purely liked. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, in turn, made me watch the whole movie again, just <laughs> on that principle. <laughs> Just because of that. It really depends on how you define Legally Blonde. Like, if that counts as a rom-com, then it's both of those. Right. But Legally Blonde doesn't feel like a pure rom-com to me in the same way that this that Sweet Home Alabama does. Mm. I think that's true, actually. Yeah? Yes. Interesting. I don't count Legally Blonde as a rom-com. Because it, it feels more like... She doesn't even end up with a man at the end, does she? Yeah, huh? Oh, I forget. I don't know. Please. I never liked that movie. Because she goes to Harvard to get the one guy who broke up with her, but then she ends up dating one of the um, one of the Wilson brothers. Yeah. Yes. Luke. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. The hotter yeah. one. The one that's not Owen. Right. <laughs> yeah. The one who broke his nose a few less times, <laughs> slightly less. Um, anywho, that is not this movie. So, um, where do you want to start with Sweet Home Alabama now that we've established that of all the rom-coms, this is the one I was okay with? I want to hear, like, what you thought (laughs) it was (laughs) prior to your rewatch. Like, how pure you thought it was. Um, Or, like, how well you thought it would have aged versus, like, reality versus expectations. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I um I probably watched this movie from about 2002 until like 2005-ish. Mm-hmm. It's probably when I like dropped off. It would have been a whatever year I decided that I was like really rock and roll and started watching Almost Famous instead. Yep. Yep. Um cuz I was I was really cool. That's like the path that every yeah teen had to yeah. go through. <laughs> that's how you come of age yes uh and then probably once i stopped watching it i don't think i've gone back to it at all so i think this was my first time seeing it so in my memory i think i probably had like a pretty low opinion of it Mm -hmm. going in and it's it's entirely possible that um liking movies like this and it's time is why i have such a bias against rom-coms in my adulthood yeah it's like you know how there's like this whole fallacy that anything teenage girls like is like automatically frivolous and ridiculous yeah i think i like internalized that about my own taste as a teenage girl interesting and so that was like the lens that i was coming to like the genre with but specifically like this movie and any of the others that i would have liked at the time gotcha um I also think my sort of, like, attachment to it was pretty random. Like, I think I probably saw it on TV late at night once and then was like, I'm going to keep watching this movie forever now. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there was a ton of, like, rhyme or reason to it. Gotcha. Other than the fact that I loved Legally Blonde, so I decided that that meant that I loved Reese Witherspoon. Right. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, she's great. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was, like, a pretty shallow relationship. So what was it like watching it now? <laughs> well, um, okay. Do you feel like there you're were, being interviewed? I do. Um, there were some... 
There were probably some layers to this experience. First of all, I'm still in that phase of aging where it's, like, really fun to see stuff from the aughts Mm -hmm. because it, like, it looks dated now. Yeah. And I remember what it was like when it looked super modern. Mm Mm-hmm. And so there was just a fuckload of that. Like, the whole opening montage is literally just that. It's, like, spaghetti straps and, like, skinny strappy heels Mm -hmm. and so many flared jeans. So many flared jeans. And that, like, feathered bob and the fucking lip gloss. Yeah. Her lip gloss be popping. (laughs) You know? I remember when this was, like, the trendiest of trendy movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, nothing about it was dated. <laughs> nothing at all. It was so, so hot. Yeah. So there was that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, like, a pretty thin movie in, like, every way. <laughs> like, the premise is pretty thin and, like, all of it's pretty wishy-washy. Yeah. Like, I would place it on the high end of, like, the Badlands. Yeah, it's like was it the ba- Badlands, the Doldrums? I don't know what we called it. <laughs> it was the Doldrums. It was the, bad- it was the Badlands. Yeah, I I would say that this is like, uh, like if you put it on like a a graph with four quadrants, it would be like starting to eke towards the Badlands yeah. for sure. Yeah, and also there was a lot of the experience that I'm starting to have with pop culture from this time period mm-hmm. where I'm starting to appreciate how problematic stuff was. Yeah. Like, I remember people talking about this, about, um, like, racism in movies from the 80s. Yeah. Where it's like, we all knew it was problematic, but we were kind of like, heh, heh. Right. Um, and I feel that way with, like, fat jokes and gay jokes in this movie. Yeah. I, de- I, like, ha- didn't even remember that storyline I didn't all. either. Which, like, goes to show how much we weren't phased by it, probably. Right. Yeah, I mean, this was at a time when, like, the gays were starting to be, like, side characters and stuff. Yeah. But we're not paid any respect as such. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also remembered, like, having a much stronger reaction to, like, the romanticalness of this movie, and it was, like, not romantical. No, there's no part of it that's romantic at all. No. And when we get into, like, more plot stuff, I have, like, a few very specific notes about that. Mm-hmm. But even, like, her romance with her um, high-power New York fiancé is not romantic. No. I knew that one wasn't. But I really thought that, like, fucking lightning sand shit was better than it was. Uh, yeah, I remember that being, like, so poetic. It's like, god damn it. It seemed, like, really fucking deep. <laughs> right? Um, and then it was really nothing. No. The experience of watching this movie in 2019 was uh-huh. almost indistinguishable from the experience of watching a Hallmark movie in 2019. Yes. It, yeah, absolutely. Like, the production value feels slightly better, but the writing and the narrative itself feel exactly the same. Yeah. And I don't know if that has something to do with, like, like studios aren't producing real rom-coms anymore, and so, like, has that genre just, like, false. gone to live on false, a Hallmark? False, false, false. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get on my goddamn much, soapbox. <laughs> as much. They are making a comeback. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the rom-com renaissance. Yes! It's here. <laughs> Everyone's so gonna buckle going to buckle up. By reminding everybody of movies like this. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Crazy Rich Asians finally last weekend. Oh, really? And it was delightful. You didn't tell me that. I know, because I was on my break from my phone. <laughs> it was that one night <laughs> that I had that one social. <laughs> Kelsey texted me and was like, just so you know. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom. <laughs> Don't worry, Mom. 
<laughs> it's hard uh, when we can't communicate 24-7 and we just need to it be is. prepared It gets for that. really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So here is my thing. Here are some of my things about her relationship with her childhood ex-husband. Yes. Tell me. Um. So... I feel like this comes up in other movies, other like will they won't they plots where there's a love triangle mm-hmm. and um one of the guys in the love triangle is like an existing like guy from her past. Yep. Where I feel like they just sort of imply that there is like chemistry and like a reason that they like each other. That they once liked each other or that they do currently? Both. Okay. So, like, in this movie... Like, they're not trying very hard and they're just trying to, like, shortcut that? Yeah, they just sort of, like, say words and then they're like, okay, now they're together. So, like, in this movie, um, this guy, what like, they grew up in their small town together. Yeah. And had been, like, hanging out since they were, like, eight-year-olds. Yeah. And then it's not made like the most explicitly clear but it is said a couple of times that when she was like 19 she got pregnant Mm -hmm. and so i guess you're supposed to assume that they got married because she got pregnant yeah and then did she have a miscarriage or an abortion i think it's a miscarriage okay that's what i thought too yeah but they're they were sort of like me about it they're very cagey it was the early 2000s (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, although, I think that's something we would still be cagey about now in this genre. Uh, depending on, depending on what it was, like. Yeah, for sure. There's plenty, of, like, uh, edgy rom-coms are a thing. There's, like, two polarizing sides. There's nothing in the middle. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But I could see, like, a studio release, like, something more analogous to this one. Mm-hmm. Like, still being as cagey about it. Yeah. Um, Either way. So, like, that's sort of all you're given as um, context for why they would still be invested in each other. Mm Mm-hmm. But there was nothing else that ever happened, either on screen or off screen, that, like, made me actually believe that she'd be willing to give up her whole life for this dude. You know what does a much better job of this from this time period? What? 13 going on 30. Yes. I did actually watch that one. Yes. They do a much better job of, like, building credibility that those people would like each other. (laughs) Yeah. And, I mean, maybe it helps that, like, they sort of remain peers. Yeah. In a way that, like, these two don't. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not explaining that well, but... But, yeah, I agree with you that that movie does much better with that. Yeah. I just, I, she's, like, a high-power fashion designer. Her whole life is in New York. Everything she's ever done was to make sure she got out of her small town. Mm-hmm. And she, like, has a bad relationship with her parents. Like, she has no reason to go back to her small town. And she's, like, engaged to this, like, politician's son where they, like, make it into the tabloids and stuff. That's a lot to walk away from. Right. Like, I feel like you wouldn't just walk away from that because you have, like, some nostalgia. And he doesn't really, like, give her a reason to either besides being, like, I have a business. (laughs) I have a job now. I have a job. Cool. I make fancy glass because we once got struck by lightning. Right. Aren't I sexy? (laughs) I mean- I've owned the same breed of dog for 15 years. (laughs) I always thought he was hot, but he still wasn't even as hot as I wanted him to be. No, neither of them were. What, Patrick Dempsey? Yeah. He's never been hot. No, no, but he was, like, supposed to be. Yeah. You know? I know. <laughs> they really tried with him for so long. Yeah, it, ne- it never worked. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The other thing that drove me nuts about them as a couple is that they were totally doing the thing that Diana Gabaldon does 
that drives me crazy because this is an Outlander episode now. <laughs> Describing everything in, in like 12,000 pages. <laughs> well, that too. Um, but where they like get like this close to being more domestic abuse than like cute couple fighting, mm-hmm. but still trying to pretend that it's somehow cute couple fighting and that like they're just passionate people. And when they get past their, like, fits of passion, they, like, actually really love each other. Point being, like, borderline verbally abusive behavior is not flirting. (laughs) What? And I'm just burnt out on that construct right now. Yeah, you sure are. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It was definitely, like, grosser than I remembered it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of gross stuff. The scene in the bar where she gets, like, drunk, like, at her town dive bar and just, like, harasses everybody about their life choices Mm -hmm. made me feel, like, straight up icky. Yeah. And, like, she was meant to be likable through this whole movie. Yep. To us as... 2002 audience yeah even when she's like going off you're you're like supposed to side with her friends but you're supposed to feel like she just wants something more and you know like isn't that funny and cute yeah like she has a lot of baggage from being raised by bumpkins right um which is it's just not it's not good <laughs> well, the part that made me laugh a little because I just thought of it again <laughs> was that her dad was a reenactor. Yes, he was a Civil War reenactor, and I'm pretty sure he played General Lee. Yeah, that like got the lols for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other thing that was like, it felt dated in a way that I was not at all prepared for. Yeah. Is there a lot of, like, they feel really, like, naive jokes about Democrats and Republicans? hmm So, like, the mayor of New York is a Democrat, and after the son that Reese Witherspoon is engaged to, like, stages a dramatic proposal at Tiffany's after hours. Yeah. She makes some kind of joke about how she's she'll marry him even though he's a democrat mm-hmm. and then there's another one later that's another like kind of sweet joke about like <laughs> bipartisan <laughs> marriages we were all pure and innocent it meant a very different thing <laughs> like like when my child watches this movie as a teenager i'm gonna have to pause that scene and give like Backstory, history <laughs> lesson, <laughs> like a full semester curriculum. Oh God! Well, the thing that like the line that surprised me because I don't think you can just say that in the year of our Lord twenty nineteen is the mayor was talking about how she wasn't like a good enough match for her son, and this was when. She was going off this whole, like, fake story about her being from this, like, wealthy Southern family. Yep. And she just, like, casually offhand is like, well, you know, her family owned a plantation and all that comes with that. No, she's reading it in a, in a magazine. I wrote this line yeah. down. It's in a profile, and it says, her daddy's in cotton and all it implies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Like, whoa, whoa. Whoa. What? (laughs) Like, that's not a casual line. No. Even in 2002, like, what? I know. What did it imply in 2002? (laughs) Hot damn. (laughs) Someone on that writing staff had beef, righteous beef, and they were like, (laughs) you know where I'm going to make waves? The rom-com genre. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. Um there were two other lines. Okay. Um 
they were both said by like the sheriff that she and her childhood ex-husband oh yeah there was a bad one yeah so when she first so the the husband like calls the cops on her because she shows up at his house to demand a divorce yeah and like won't go away and so the sheriff shows up and they realize that they recognize each other yeah and so they have this like heartwarming reunion and she's like oh my god you're the sheriff and he says, um, <laughs> I get to frisk pretty little things like you all day and get paid for it. Yep. Yep. Whoa, mama. Yep. And then um, it's either in the same interaction or in a later one, because later she, like, breaks into his house and, like, pretends to be his wife. Yep. Which is a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> And and I remember watching that section of the movie at the time and thinking that was, like, such a power move. Right. And it's really, there's it's, just... It's not. It's it's real gross. That whole section is gross. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, um, so the sheriff comes and he's, like, trying to deal with their fight. And he says to her... If you tell me he took a swing at you, I'll take him in right now. We take that pretty seriously nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Just like, whoa. <laughs> yep. The moral Ugh. of the story, sometimes things don't hold up. Nope, your faves are problematic. Excuse me, my fave is not problematic. <laughs> The Parent Trap is wholesome. Sure, 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 sure. I have watched it many times this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think it's problematic. It's like, the premise has issues, <laughs> but it's not socially <laughs> problematic in ways like that. Yeah, fair enough. It's fine. Your daughter will love it one day. She will. When I force her to watch it. You'll give it. her no choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, the last, like, real note I have mm-hmm. is, um, they have a scene where they play Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Obviously, the song. Yeah. Um, and I remember watching that as a teenager and, like, rolling my eyes and thinking it was corny AF. Mm-hmm. But a couple years ago, I went to a wedding in Alabama, mm-hmm. and that song played, and it, like, brought down the fucking house. Really? That shit was so lit. That's really fun. Is it like when they play um, the fucking Red Sox song? Sweet Caroline. It's exactly yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, the Red Sox song. <laughs> you go to like any karaoke bar or any just like plain old bar, Sweet Caroline comes on, everyone loses their goddamn shit. Yeah. And like, you know, there's like a culture around it. Like everyone has like, does like the hand thing and like, it's like that, but Sweet yeah. Home Alabama. Yeah. That's really funny. It was wild. Were you like, where am I? <laughs> I? I was. It was like, it was really fun. But I was also just like, this is not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> nope. That's really funny. It was hilarious. And so that, like, I was watching that scene and that felt different to me this time around. Because mm. now I've had that lived experience. You sure have. Oh, the last thing that happened to me, and this made me feel old, is just all fuck. Oh, no. Um, They do several establishing shots of New York City. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, yeah, it looked dated. Like, the city itself looked dated. Oh, really? Like, they showed a couple shots of Times Square. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't the big LED billboards. It was the ones with, like, the slats that flip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, the cars look older. Because, mm. you know, the cars are significantly older now. Like, 20 years older. Yeah. And and for the first time ever, I looked at those shots and was like, wow. Like, it's one thing for the clothes to look dated. But yeah. it's another thing for, like, a place. Especially, like, an iconic place like New York to look dated. I feel like a lot of the content I watch is, like older content taking place in New York, so I don't have a good sense of, like, (laughs) modern New York versus, like, 1980s rom-com New York. Well, so that- Like, it doesn't feel jarring to me because I feel like I always see it in a dated time frame. 
But, like, that's different to me because I never went to New York in the 80s. But, like, I went to New York in the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. I feel like like, I don't know that I did. I, like, I think the first time I went to New York was in, like, 2003 or 2004. Mm -hmm. And then I went again in, like, 2006. And then again in, like, 2009. So, like, I have some benchmarks for what New York was like at the time. Mm -hmm. And, like... You know, New York is, like, the symbol of modern society. And so to then, like, actually get footage yeah, from a time when I have had, like, some kind of relationship to it and for it to look old. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah, it was weird. That's funny. Yeah. I think I just block out every time I go to New York and pretend like it never happened. Which is also kind of the right reaction. Yes. We don't like New Fuck York. Fuck New York. At this podcast. <laughs> No, it's not a nice place, and it's, it's not, not for nice people. It smells all the time. It smells so bad, y'all. But we really like the yarn smelly. in New York. Yeah, there's and there's like a lot of good food in New York, but I have like a twenty four hour limit. Ugh, it's not worth it. I go for very specific reasons. Every time Kirsty goes, she has a moment where she like slacks me and she's like, I could live in New York. And I'm like, fuck you. You could not live in New York. No, I, I, there's absolutely no way in hell that I could live in New York. But I think what happens It's is... like the dirty air affects your brain. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I've known a couple of people now who've like up and moved to New York for the same reason. Like they've gone there, gotten all starry eyed. Yeah. Moved there and then had to like get the fuck out. Right. And so I do think like, I think it's overstimulating mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah. And like some people's neurons just are like, let's do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fight or flight instinct and I always run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) Catch it on weird reruns. On Kelsey's DVR. (laughs) On my DVR. (laughs) It was like a Saturday night, and I was like, I don't really have any shows that I need to watch right this second, and this is on, and maybe I'll watch it because you encouraged me. And then fucking, it took three hours. It is a long fucking movie. God damn it! There it were so many commercial breaks than it should be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you should watch it if for no other reason than to remember what it was like when we were all forced to wear low-rise flared jeans. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. I don't want them to come back. I will not wear low-rise jeans ever again. No. No. <laughs> no. I respect the mom jeaners out there. I, like, some days I feel like there is no cut of jean that's actually high-rise enough. <laughs> like, I think I could wear jeans up to, like, my armpits. Yes. And be, like, 90% happy. Yes. <laughs> I have started getting ads for this belt that, like, goes around two of your belt loops instead of being, like, a whole belt. Why? So that you don't have to deal with, like, the belt buckle because then, like, you don't have to undo the belt when you want to undo your pants. And then, like, the belt buckle isn't, like, where (laughs) you sit. And I have never felt so fucking old as I did the day that I realized I thought that was a good idea. (laughs) That's why I was like, I was literally like a 95-year-old woman watching, like, Home Shopping Network. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I don't even know how to react. (laughs) But good luck with that. I didn't click on them. Nobody got Uh my clicks. But what put you in that demo? (laughs) Oh, I think how old I am. I think that I'm ancient. (laughs) I'm ancient, and I have birthed a child, and so the internet has decided that everything is over for me. Right, right. (laughs) That's usually where the line is drawn. Uh Uh-huh. They're like, well, there's no coming back from that. There's no coming back. This is who I am now. And you know what? They're not wrong. (laughs) Oh, my 
God, I can't wait till they see you next and you've got this fucking weird belt. <laughs> like, I got free shipping. I got free shipping. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Speaking of things that may be outdated. Yes, these are, this is the most outdated. <sighs> yeah. I actually have a ponderment for you about this, but yeah. Yeah? I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I don't remember what brought us onto this topic, but it came up as like a gumball in a previous episode um, to judge and discuss, but mostly judge because that's our favorite activity, uh, the living rooms of sitcoms and how I defined it. And we can break these rules as needed, but I'm defining sitcom living rooms as living rooms that you've only ever seen three walls of. Yes. And or there's one wall that you've never seen. Yes. So, like your traditional non-single cam. <laughs> What's the other word for that? Trip three camera? <laughs> like triple Some cam isn't right. Some number of camera. A, th- a three camera. Yes. Live audience situation. Is yeah. generally how those are set up, I guess. But not always. So should we start with your whatever you want me to think about? Yeah, so my ponderment. I was thinking about this. Your ponderment. My ponderment. <laughs> what sure, is sure, that? Sure. You're acting like that's not a word. <laughs> is that not in the parlance? <laughs> Can be now. <laughs> Just wasn't aware I- we were speaking in eloquent sentences at 10 23 p.m i will always be the most eloquent (laughs) so for your pondering so i feel like on a lot of shows for a long time Mm -hmm. the living room was like the most important set piece Mm -hmm. and i like i feel like that was mostly it came from like the tradition of like the family sitcom but Mm then it moved into, like, your friends and your How I Met Your Mother. Yep. So on and so forth. But I feel like, and this could be complete confirmation bias because of the particular shows I watch these days, but I feel like you don't really see the living room as, like, the, like, anchor point in a sitcom the same way. In, like, a present-day sitcom? Yeah. Like, I was trying to think of any shows that I've watched recently or that I'm aware of and like I haven't watched any of this but the only one I could think of that seemed like it would maybe fall into this category was one day at a time yep um if you watch enough broadcast like very like CBS <laughs> yeah um sitcoms they're still all like living room centric yep like but your how big many bang theories Oh, oh, um, your like mom or I don't know if Two Broke Girls is still on, but like those shows are all still like living room slash open plan apartment focused. Yep. But I think like the rise of like the non traditional sitcom and like the single cam sitcom changed that approach in general but i think it's also like thinking of other shows like jane the virgin uses their porch as their living room right right well and that's what i was thinking or that's what i was finding is and that's not a sitcom but like no it but it uses space the same way Mm um what i was finding as i was trying to think of stuff is i was finding shows that use other spaces the way a living room would have been used yep um, and I, like, I'm not necessarily trying to even put forth a thesis with it. It was just, like, like a teeny tiny little light bulb moment. Like, huh, mm-hmm. that's something different. No, it totally is. And I think, um, like, a modern one that did a good job of using their living room, but in a in a new fr- newer, fresher way was New Girl. Uh-huh. Like, they were still, like, the apartment was, like, home base and 
it was like cycling people in and out. It was very, you know, it was like friends like in that sense. Right. But like they had their cool loft space and like you could see every wall in that apartment. Yeah. But the episode ends and they're playing like True American in the living room. And yeah. like it was still like that couch area (laughs) was still like important to like the core of the show this is a complete aside like just a little sidebar yeah you know what my greatest regret from my youth is what's that i've never played a round of true american is that a regret from your youth yeah well i'm too old for that shit now i think (laughs) i'd like break a hip (laughs) (laughs) the show came out when we were like 22 wanted to play it for so long but i just don't think i have the american history knowledge (laughs) we keep we said for so many years that we were gonna play it at lake living and we never fucking did it because you need so many objects to stand on and there's not enough furniture in that i know (laughs) that's fair someday kirstie someday we'll find a way maybe if i ever get a couch in my basement there you go that's we'll like a good like incentive. The safety version. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. How old are we? <laughs> Let's play True American, the safety version. <laughs> Let's play the, the, the safe version. God. Let's set some boundaries. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um, um, so do you want to tell me about, tell me about a living room that you have feelings about? I think so there's there were really only three that I could think of that like stood out in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um and that would be the living room from the Cosby show, the living room from Roseanne, mm-hmm. and the living room from Friends. Okay. And of those three, I would say the living room from Friends is really the only one that I probably ever, like, felt connected to as, like, a – where, like, the place had, like Mm -hmm. – it was almost like a character in the show. Yeah. um, In terms of my relationship to it. Yeah. Like, I watched a lot of Cosby Show and Roseanne growing up. I did not. So you were totally bringing (laughs) – your opinion is now my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't think – like, those two living rooms are absolutely, like, the anchor of the show, but I don't mm-hmm. think they function the same way as, like, the living room in Friends, where, like, by the end of the show's run, you're meant to have, like, an emotional investment in that physical space. Mm. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, the Friends apartment is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, there's just, like, so many ways I can take this, and I just got stuck. (laughs) So, wait, no, I want to ask you my favorite thought exercise about sitcom living rooms. Okay. What did they keep on the wall that you can't see? Ooh, okay. Um... What do they keep on the wall that I can't see in Monica's apartment? Mm. Um, well, based on, like, the laws of physics, I think that wall is probably actually, like, 17 walls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> that apartment literally doesn't make any physical sense. No. Um, and she has a lot of art that's, like, you know, weird French posters. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, like, one fake closet. Okay. And then I think there is probably, like, a ratty old bookshelf with some CDs on it. Yeah. And then I think there's, like, two more framed French wine posters, like the one that covers mm. the camera hole above the TV. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. I was definitely thinking... A ratty bookshelf, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, On they the were same poor page in there. the 90s, so... Yeah. 
Yeah. They could have, like, a shitty wine rack, too. I could see that. Oh, yeah. Maybe they had a wine rack. Yeah. I do like that that apartment has a porch, and you get to, like, see the other angle of the porch with the window sometimes. Yeah. Is it a porch? It's not really. It is, it, but it's, it's not. It's not, like, a... It's sort of like a tiny little balcony. Yeah. That More than a porch. Yeah. Like, something between, like, a, a balcony and a fire escape. Hmm. I think it's, but, like, yeah. a nice add-on to the traditional living room. It is. And they made good use of it. They made very good use of it. They didn't use that set piece often, mm-hmm. but they when they did, they did it well. Yeah. Yeah. So, the living rooms that, like, I think I first understood were, like, part of a, <laughs> like, a trope of sitcom that I remember, <laughs> like, growing up were ones that my parents watched because I don't know why I wasn't watching them. But so it was a lot of like everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Kirstie's favorite. Uh, and and like Frasier and Seinfeld. Sure, yeah, yeah. And those were all like very standard setup. Like I don't know I don't know about Everybody Loves Raymond, but definitely the living rooms in Frasier and um, Seinfeld function more like the living room and friends where, like, that yeah. set piece has, like, um, like a personality and, like, a, it's yes. like a plot device and a character as much as it is a set piece. Yes. And I think, like, the next good analog for that after Friends was definitely How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And I, I feel lo- like their living room got outshadowed, outshadowed, yeah, by their, the bar. It did. But usually, like, after the bar, you'd still end up in the living room. Yeah. So they were, like, it... I don't think I have, like, emotional feelings about it, but they made a good use of the space. Like, they had that back area behind the couch that worked really well. And, like, you could... What I hate about some sitcoms is, like, you... Like you said, like, it's not a physical space that makes sense. Right. For the most part, like... to envision that there is an existing fourth wall. Right. And in this one, it made perfect logical sense for, like, a shitty apartment. Or, like, a relatively <laughs> moderate size apartment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um, That, like, the wall would be there. And, like, the kitchen mostly made sense. The one thing that never made sense in that apartment is that weird step up. In, yeah. like, the back corner. Mm-hmm. That was always weird. Yeah. But... The other thing that I that they used all the time <laughs> that was really weird is that they pretended like their kitchen that had the window in it was like soundproof to the rest yeah. of the living room. <laughs> 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 Which like was pretty good. Yeah. Um but I liked their living room their living room. It, it grew with them well like as they got more money. <laughs> yes. Like they did a good job of kind of like making it slightly nicer. Which is a neat trick. Yes. Um, another living room that I have thoughts about, and it's, like, more in the way of Friends where, like, it physically is ridiculous, is Uh the Big Bang Theory's living room. Oh, I have spent zero time with the show, so I am excited to dive into that one. I've spent, like, a a little bit of time with it a long time ago before it got to be, like... 16 seasons of bad jokes that were made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And in general, I thought it was, like, in poor taste, and I hated it. Yeah. But, uh, they, they came in at the right time where, like, a very open-plan, like, modern-y apartment was cool. Uh-huh. So they have a v- huge, wide-open space, and, like, the living room is on one side, and it's, like, not... The furniture in it is, like, almost too small for it because they want people to be, like, clustered. Yeah. And then there's, like, huge open space, and then there's, a like open kitchen on the other side. But, like, there's no doors or anything, so it's, like, it works well. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the amount of empty space behind it is doesn't make sense, and also it would have to be circular <laughs> for right. the way that they move their camera. Right. So it's, like, a little weird, but, um... Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, 3D renderings of how, like, the whole space would have to be shaped mm-hmm. for it to work, and they are 
buck wild. Like this, the whole apartment building yes. has to be like the wildest shape to make this work. Right, because there's one across this hall that like doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's v- very weird. And like the the one across the hall is much smaller. Yep. Which is also strange, but like it works for what they're doing, which is spending a lot of time in that living room area, and they have a good vantage point for it. But right, it's like a wild time of high end finishes. Yes, for sure. Another one. I feel like maybe we should discuss, and I don't know. I don't really know if it's relevant or not. But I was thinking about Parks and Rec. Uh huh. And we never, except for one episode, I believe, see Leslie's living room, but we see Anne's living room a lot. Mm-hmm. But also not too much. Yeah. And her couch is too small. Yeah, I think we see um, Leslie's living room when she's, like, married with and has kids more yeah. than we... I think we yeah. saw Leslie's house twice. Yeah. Because there's the the episode where, like, she's a hoarder. Yeah. And they have, like, everybody from the rec catalog come over and fix her apartment. Right. And then I feel like there's one other episode after mm. that where we see the inside of her house. I couldn't remember another, but you might be right. I could be entirely wrong, but I, because, like, I'm not able to put my finger on it, but mm-hmm. I just, like, feel like there was one other time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if there's any significance to, like, Anne's living room or not. Well, I do think it's significant that we never spend any time at Leslie's house because I uh-huh. think, like, Leslie's loneliness and neediness mm. is, like, the driving force of everything. Yeah. And so, like, of course she's not going to be, like, at her scary, sad, lonely house. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, not to, like, read too much into it, but I do think there's some amount of it that's, like, now she has Anne, so she's gonna, like, be wanting to spend all yeah. the time with Anne. Yeah. Plus, Andy was there, and that was convenient, narratively. Right. And he was just on the couch. He was just <laughs> on the couch for a while. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. I thought, um, the Mindy Project did a good job of, like, making a non-living room a living room, too. Uh-huh. Because uh, I was trying to remember, like, what the hell her living room looked like, and there was, like, she moves once or twice, and there's, like, a lot of different spaces that they inhabit on that show, mm-hmm. and it's, like, partially a workplace comedy, partly not. But they use the, I was trying to think of, like, what room do I not see another wall for? And it's their, like, the hospital, like, do- lounge, mm-hmm. like, the doctor's lounge, and you uh, there's, like, one couch, and there's a TV, and that's where the, sh- I believe, that's, like, where the series finale, like, ends. Oh, wow. So they, like, use it for, all, like, a lot of, like, pivotal moments end up happening in that room. Yeah. Which is interesting, because it's literally just, like, a couch, a vending machine. <laughs> Yeah. Coffee table and TV. So it's, like, very much living room setup besides the vending machine. Right. But they use it in a workplace setting. It's so interesting. Mm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I was, like, trying to think of others. Like, Gilmore Girls is not a sitcom, but, like, they have a living room they spend a lot of time in. But yeah. it's also super weird. Like, they only have a black and white TV for a long time, and I'm like, it's, this <laughs> isn't cute. Impressive. Like, <laughs> That's so much of everything it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a 13 inch black and white TV. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, you people don't live like this for the amount of TV you watch. You just don't. <laughs> but they're another, like, I feel like there is a thing, like, they also have couches that are too small. Yeah. I noticed that. In a lot of, I looked up a, a couple of articles yeah, about um, TV living rooms just to, like, remind myself what TV shows are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that in a lot of them that there would be, like, these fairly large living rooms and, like, a two-seat couch. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, like, for, like, that just looks better. 
Or, like, I'm sure there's something to that. Like, probably for, like, the camera, it look it's very easy for that space to be crowded. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're, you know, you're not doing, like, wide shots like you would in, like, a real estate listing. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna, like, lose a lot of visible floor space. Right. Um, there's probably a lot of it that has to do with just, like, the logistics of blocking actors. Yep. Um, and making sure everybody has, like, enough room to, like, enter and leave rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think, like, crowding people, like, that's... Um, it creates more tension. Right. It's easily, like... <laughs> right. There's a lot more you can do with that based on being like, ooh, there's not enough room on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you think, like... What do you think about the good place living room? Um, which one? The like, one in, in Eleanor's house. Oh. Um. Do you feel I, like they use that in any particular way? I, maybe if I went back and rewatched season one, I would, but having only watched every episode once and, like, being at the end of whatever fucking season we just finished, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that I do other than to, like play it was like a visual gag for so many episodes to play up the tension of yeah. Eleanor like not belonging. Yeah. Um because I do remember like watching the pilot and her like walking in and them explaining like the Swedish minimalist style, whatever. Mm-hmm. And feeling like, you know, at that point in the episode you don't know much about Eleanor, but I you do feel like something is wrong. Do you think like there's something to sitcom living rooms being like a shorthand for the type of people that you're depicting for sure and i i I think that's a little bit why um the living rooms in roseanne and the cosby show stick out in my mind so much Mm -hmm. um because they're absolutely like in those two shows in particular status symbols yeah um and yeah they're a shorthand for class and personality um and all that stuff yeah the Roseanne living room in particular, I would say. Mm-hmm. I feel like they took great pains to make that look like, you know, the everyman's, like, working class living room. Yeah. I literally have seen, like, three pictures of it. And <laughs> that's all I know. I There's a plaid loved, couch. Loved Roseanne. And it has, like, a granny square blanket that, like, someone obviously crocheted. Oh, God. <clears throat> um, but it almost looks like someone, like, brought in one that had been sitting around their house not like mm. they hired a you like know, a dirty one yeah yeah like i mean i'd have to like look closely but it, you get the impression that if the camera zoomed in enough you'd be able to see like the pills on the yarn mm-hmm. and like the carpet looks a little worn on the mm. stairs and gotcha it's got like a whole vibe yeah um a living room that i didn't ever Love, and I wasn't, like, super into the show, but it was Full House. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that bounced off my memory a couple of times in this discussion, but I don't know that uh, I had an off-and-on-again relationship with Full House. Yeah. It it was, like, fine. Like, it had the, like, stairs behind it, which was a thing in a lot of them, but it was also, like, too big for the furniture in it again. Yes. Because like, there was always like, so many people absurdly. coming in and out. Yeah. Yeah, that living room was more of a, a pass-through for action happening than it was, like, an actual hangout space. Yeah. Like, I feel like they hung out in bedrooms or in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. We can do kitchens next. Oh, we could do kitchens. There's some good kitchens. I was just about to say another show that, like, I kind of had feelings about... Um, was the living room and kitchen from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Never watched that either. I watched a fuckload of that <laughs> on Nick at Night. Oh, God. So much of that. Um, And, like, it's been a, a very long time at this point, but my memory of the living room is that they made some good use of it, but that some, like, real good shit went down in the kitchen. Mm. Yeah, that's always the way, right? Like, the, yeah. the really dirty shit happens outside of the living room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of, like, really, like, Fresh Prince didn't get into the heavy shit too often, but there are a couple, like, really pivotal scenes that did happen in the living room. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. 
bedrooms would be another interesting one to do next because like mm. um like full house and cosby show and seventh heaven <laughs> i've only watched a couple of episodes of that one there was a lot of bedroom yeah things. there's a lot of bedroom things because i in at least a few of those examples i think it's true of seventh heaven too it's like really um there's a lot of emphasis on the teenagers yes and so the bedroom becomes the shorthand for like the teenager. Oh, in One the Tree way Hill that the had room great bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> we'll just do like the <laughs> the Hate Watch tour. Of bathrooms the is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> be some good shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you have feelings about living rooms, or Sweet Home Alabama, (laughs) (laughs) or anything else that you feel like talking to us about, you can find us on the internet at HateWatchWithUs on Twitter or HateWatchWithUs.com. Stay tuned for next week, too, because we're going to do a listener suggestion. We're very excited. So if you want to suggest things for us to hate watch or watch, you should do that in those places. Um, I was just about to plug Charity CrossFit, but that's no, but over. That's over. Hopefully we won. <laughs> uh, we do have a new thing to plug, though. What's that? Um, so, <laughs> some of you may have heard that, um, there is a show that is returning, um, <laughs> called <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, Our long national name. <laughs> and... As of this spring, our long national nightmare will be over. Yes. And any of you who were with the show, I don't know, 25 years ago when the last Game of Thrones season aired, Mm -hmm. uh, may remember that we did some recap episodes. We did. Some good old-fashioned bind-offs. And so in preparation for the return of the new season, we are launching a new podcast is it a full podcast? A new RSS feed? Yeah. A new limited run podcast? I mean, at the end of the day, we'll give you the content in this feed, too. But yes. if you want to support our endeavor to bait some Game of Thrones hate watchers and have them come over to our side of things, because they're already our friends, you should check out our new show that is called <laughs> Our Watch Has Ended. <laughs> <laughs> a game of thrones hate watch yep um so uh we were recording this before we've like had the thing go live um so i'm not gonna plug the url just now but you can probably like google our watch has ended podcast and it'll come up or some shit um but we'll also have it in the feed of our podcast when that goes live so you'll be able to find it Um, And so for the next seven or eight weeks, however long we have left until um, Game of Thrones comes back, we're going to be airing our old bind-off episodes in that feed. Yep. um, One episode a week. And then uh, we, when that season goes live, we'll start posting new episodes over there. Yeah. So yeah, get hype. Our watch has (laughs) ended. A Game of Thrones hate watch. We can't wait for our watch to end. Uh, <laughs> There's going to be a lot of legs to this joke. <laughs> Should I end every episode with, like, how many days until our watch will end? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> you can tell us if you think that's a good idea or not. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll bring back some hits like the Game of Thrones Fantasy League. But if there's some other stuff that you want our hard-hitting <laughs> investigative journalism Lil to Little finger in his little thing. Finger. The little finger news bull. <laughs> little finger and his little finger. <laughs> the dick count. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's other stuff that you would like us to consider, we are hard-hitting journalists, and we will um, work the beat. Yeah. We will um, do this for you. We we are doing this for you. Because we sure as fuck aren't doing it for ourselves. <laughs> Tell you what. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so be on the lookout for that. Um, I think 
in theory, it should be live by the time this episode is up. Yeah. Yeah. Get hyped. And check out Thought Bubble Audio, as always. Yeah, they just launched a new show, which is super Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, So there's, like, a ton of new shows that have gone up in the last few months. Um, So go and check them out. They're doing good TV coverage. Yeah. Uh, They're at Thoughtable FM on Twitter, thoughtableaudio.com. <laughs> and wherever you find podcasts, you will find them. And rate and review us in all of those places. Yeah. Specifically iTunes, because that's how people find us. That'd be cool. Yeah, do it. Yes. Well, friends, thank you for listening. Thanks. See you next time. Bye. Bye. You know, if you look hard enough, everything is dicks. <laughs> Life is like a box of dicks. Life is like a box of dicks. Oh, God.